Hello and welcome to Media MD. I'm Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Diebold. And so on Media MD, each fortnight we prescribe each other a piece of media or pop culture that the other person has somehow missed. Yes. Uh, and so what I'm bringing this week is another science fiction TV show. Oh boy. Um, Here we go. But it's it's one that's near and dear to my heart. And I mean, I don't want to oversell it, but it's definitely where TV peaked. Um, <laughs> TV has gone down after that, for sure. Uh, and this is uh, Stargate, the, the franchise Stargate. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to force you to sit down and watch all 354 episodes. Yeah, so let's talk movies. about this. You say the franchise Stargate. Yeah. Um, when you say that, it comes to my head. Oh, there was probably a TV show called Stargate. Yes. What, what is Stargate? Tell me the story yeah. of Stargate. Uh, so it started as a movie. Uh, oh, yeah. and it was, it was like a one-off movie. When was um, this? 19, uh, 1994. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was by, uh, Roland Emmerich. Uh, who he's, he's actually like, I quite like him as a filmmaker. Mm. Uh, what has he done? So he, he did Independence Day. Oh, I uh, see. That 1998 Godzilla one, Day After Tomorrow 2012. So oh, boy, he does, okay. he does, uh, so he, he does, does like kind of big budget popcorn movies. Yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. he calls them popcorn movies. Cause uh, I remember watching an interview with him one time and somebody was like, does it ever bother you that all the critics like hate your movies? Cause mm. you know, they all do terribly critically. And he's like, no, I don't make my movies for critics. My movies are like, you can sit down, switch your brain off and just watch shit blow up. And if you're making movies and like that, it's good that you, have, exactly, that you like, know what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah, he sure. knows what he's doing. Because he can embrace it for sure. And, and, and he does. I mean, if, you, if you've seen any of those yeah, most yeah, recent yeah. movies. Um, and so I would actually say Stargate is possibly my least favorite one of his films. <laughs> oh, wow, um, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's not bad. It's just, it's, it's, it's very average. Um, mm. But what it did was encouraged some separate guys. They sort of watched the movie, came up with this idea for a TV show. Mm-hmm. And so then three years later in 1997, we got Stargate SG-1, which is which the name is of the fir- show. first show. Okay. Um, so in my head, I'm picturing... I mean, I guess I'm just picturing Star Trek. It's it's very... Particularly the show is very much inspired by those original Star Treks. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially it came out just before, I think... St- a lot of the new Star Trek shows came out, but it it's, yeah, that very much, they're going to all these alien worlds, which all sort of look like they're f- Vancouver. Um, <laughs> they probably are. Uh, yeah. And they are. Um, and, and they're interacting with wacky looking alien races a lot. Um, <laughs> they're just, interacting with ra- wacky races. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's, there's just lots of that sort of stuff, but it's, it's unique in its own way. Um, and I think I, I once I once read an interview with one of the writers, and he was saying the reason the franchise was so successful, and I, I totally believe this is true, is because you know they've got this Stargate, which I'm sure you've seen. It's like that ring. Yeah, I think I've the, seen parodies of it in like Rick exactly. and Morty and stuff. Um, and so it's a it's a it's a ring, and there's like a blue wormhole in it. Mm-hmm. And so like what he was saying is it, it's great for writers because you've got this sort of home base mm-hmm. um, of, of like they, they call it Stargate Command in the show, and that's yeah. where they they go through the Stargate. And then the writers can put whatever the fuck they want yeah. on. It can be anything on the other side. So, so it's, it's like this door to anywhere. So for the writers, like it's like Twilight really... Zone esque, just do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, exactly. Or, or but, Black Mirror or something. But but at the same time, the series is quite enjoyable because everything ties together because you still have this home base mm. and the characters are the same. So as opposed to something like Black Mirror where everything's completely standalone. Yeah. Um, it's like you, it's and still so ties together. Then you they they also do a very good job of having episodes that are entirely set on the base. Like maybe oh, okay. something comes back through the Stargate. Okay. And, um, so you, you really get a sense of like the, this is their home in this base on Earth, but then also the writers can just have an episode which is like oh, and then 
whatever is on the yeah. other side of the And cycle. then they go to the upside down planet. Yeah. Everyone's upside down. And... Um, so I think there's one very early on where like the, all, every, all the aliens on that planet are made out of crystals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you touch the crystals, the alien's consciousness enters your brain and shenanigans uh, ensue. And yeah. it's, um, it's like so, a body swap episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so they sort of, they cover every, everything. Um, so I want to ask with these stargates, yep. do they go to other parts of the same universe or different dimensions? No. Or? Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's traveling through space. So okay, there's stargates space. on other planets. Um, there's a few episodes where due to like crazy wacky science reasons, um, they accidentally get transported through time or into a parallel universe by like the Stargates were designed for space travel. Um, it's like, yeah, instantaneous space. So is there ever anything where they go through a Stargate to another place and they do something there that has effects that means people from that place go through... Not to, through the Stargate, but just travel through space to come to them in some way. That's basically the plot of season one. Is, oh, okay, um, cool. <laughs> basically, the, the pilot episode is very much they they poke the sleeping dragon, and the rest of season one is essentially that there's this fleet moving mm, back to ac- them, back across the galaxy to come and like ruin their day. Um, and so they're sort of use, trying to use the Stargate to, to get everything sorted out. So yeah, that uh, and that's that's an element is like the Stargate network represents the way to instantaneously travel, but then all the other alien races tend to have these slow moving ships, mm-hmm. and so it's like. So how come I assume it's humans who have the Stargates, right? I mean, I don't. I want to go too much into it, but um, the Stargates were sort of seeded by this controlling race. Mm. Um, who spread humans around the galaxy oh, as a I sort see. of slave race. Oh, um, okay. And, yeah, so that's essentially why there are humans who apparently speak English on every planet. That's just sort of when you end up, <laughs> you end up giving construct, them. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that's one. They All sort right, of address it. Enough. They address it a bit in season one, and then after that, they're like, you know, just... just uh, so do the other races all speak English as well, or...? Yes. Um, <laughs> some of them are like, they have their own language, but they, they speak English to humans. Because humans um, are the slave race that are yes. kind of across the galaxy. Uh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So English sort of becomes this common tongue again. Um, At least they tried to address it rather than just having all these w- wacky space aliens <laughs> speaking the same language. I think it, they try less and less as the series goes on. I think oh, you'll okay. notice they'll try at the start. Mm-hmm. And then if, if you end up making it to like later on in the show. 296 or whatever. Yeah. Like they, they stop. Um, well, so actually there's only, there's, well, only 214 episodes oh, wow. only. <laughs> of, uh, of SG-1 and then they have two movies uh-huh. um, but what actually happened is at the end of season 7 they spun off a new one called Stargate Atlantis is that does it play back into SG-1 yeah and so they had like crossover events and everything as well it's it's mm-hmm. it's kind of similar to The Flash and Arrow yeah. uh, the, very the comparable first. to those um, so it's essentially about a, a base they form in another galaxy they find like a new network of Stargates that's sort of separate to the current network. Right. So they it's form a base frequency. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, and so that, and that's probably a better series in general. It only goes for five seasons, but oh, yeah. uh, the first two seasons of SG one are quite bumpy. It takes them a while to sort of find the rhythm and the, and the feel of the show. Whereas Atlantis has the benefit of starting in season seven of SG one. It just sort of jumps straight into yeah. it. Um, so how long is each episode? Uh, it's the 40-minute episodes. Okay, and um, you said that each Stargate can only remain open for 42 minutes. Right? Uh, 38 minutes, yeah. Minutes. So that's something they establish very early on, very early on in the show, but it's it's a great mechanic. So yeah. the longest a Stargate can stay open is 38 minutes. Uh, in fact, this show 
loves countdown timers. Like, (laughs) it's like the most overused trope is just like, in, in almost any situation, they'll be on some alien planet and like the only thing, it's like, oh, there's a bomb. It's like, oh my God, no. Well, it's like, oh, there's a bomb. It's like, can you defuse it? It's like, no. It's like, what do you know about it? It's going to go off in 22 minutes and, and, like, like, and you, 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 look at, you look at your clock and there's like 23 minutes left in the episode it's like <laughs> <laughs> at least they time it out um, properly so that like it's a, it's probably the most overused mechanic in the yeah. show is, <laughs> yeah. uh, is countdown to, to something going off uh, but somehow I mean I love it still works mm-hmm. um, and I think yeah this show for me like the reason I'd say I think science fiction TV peaked around this time because this mm. is when a lot of like these Star Trek shows that are quite big and um Farscape is another one. And it's sci-fi that didn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. My issue at the moment with science fiction TV is you've either got like things like Battlestar Galactica style. Uh, there's another show on at the moment called The Expanse, which is very good, but they're like very serious, very draining. Mm. You sort of need to be very into them. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of the same with like Breaking Bad even going out of sci-fi. Um, yeah. So it's not Star- it's not popcorn TV. No, right? so Stargate, Stargate, I think. But then the other shows you have at the moment are these shows like The Flash, and like The Flash is great, but like it's pretty corny. Mm. I'd like Stargate's almost in the middle. I'd say mm. like Stargate is the best of both worlds. There's enough to take seriously, but then it's also kind of ridiculous and self-aware. Stargate, in my opinion, has the best balance of like this. It's serious enough that you want to keep watching and see where these characters are going. But it's not so serious that like it drains you and it's very depressing. Like this, the the concept, like these days everything's like super serious and has to be depressing and, and yeah, very yeah. real. It's either really gritty or really fun. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think I think Stargate has a good balance. All right. Um, and I don't know. I'm just uh, I wanted to bring it up now because I think uh, so. What's happening now is they're actually doing a new movie. <laughs> okay. I'm very depressed about this. Yes. Uh, because it's going back to Roland Emmerich, the guy who made the original movie. Right. And he's actually stated multiple times he hates the show. Jesus. Uh, so he's planning on rebooting based on his movie. Because his movie was going to be a trilogy. Oh, so they're just, scra- um, they're just pulling a Star Wars and scrapping all the extended universe. Yes, essentially. Uh, that's, that's basically exactly what they're doing. Which is a shame because I think uh, me, myself, and most of the people who like Stargate would argue that the movie's really average. Um, yeah, and the TV and, show. And, yeah, Roland Emmerich should stick to making Independence Day sequels because that was actually a good <laughs> movie that he made. <laughs> well, I mean, he's doing um, that as well. Right? He is. And so I think the Stargate movie is actually dependent on Independence Day 2 doing well. It's like a deal that if Independence Day 2 oh. makes money, he gets to make Stargate so you heard it here first. 2. Don't go see Independence yes, Day Yes, so that, that is personally... That is why I personally am hoping Independence Day 2 is a flop. <laughs> <laughs> paid to not see it multiple um, times <laughs> uh so yeah so i guess um fran- yeah the franchise has sort of died off i think the last show got cancelled in 2010 or 11 mm-hmm. cancelled um, before its time only 300 episodes yeah um well the last the last show only went for two seasons right oh um, well two seasons is it's okay fair but it's it, it was unfortunate <laughs> it was unfortunate because you had uh like the first half of season one of this new show was pretty terrible mm-hmm. uh it came out just after Battlestar Galactica started and they tried to do the super serious Battlestar Galactica oh, yeah. thing uh it was very different to all the previous Stargate the first half of season one was actually pretty terrible then it got better for the first half of season two and the second half of season one 
And then the second half of season two was actually it just picks up and gets really good. And then it gets canceled. and then it got kept. Oh, but it was harsh. it was very reasonable because like almost nobody was no, watching was because watching it, because the first season was so average. Mm. Uh, so it was kind of it was kind of unfortunate because it was very justifiable. It wasn't like Firefly where you could argue that it was because they ruined it. It was like it was very much the people who made its fault uh, because the first half of season one was so terrible. Um, so that was just kind of a shame because it kind of got cancelled. You're like, but it just got good. Like, everyone <laughs> as needs, soon as you start getting invested, it everyone needs to come back. Oh. Now. It was, it was. I guess you could. It would, it'd be like Agents of Shield. Agents of yeah. Shield season one was so average. So like, average you could have excused everyone for never coming back. Yeah. Um. So that was just a bit of. But a shame. luckily, we did. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So before I agree to come back in two weeks after watching all three hundred and four <laughs> yep, episodes so of three movies, I, I understand that 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 is an unreasonable expectation. Um, yeah, how many could I even do that in two weeks' time if no. I was watching it twenty four seven? Actually, I think I think I did the math on the this math. a while ago. Um, I, I don't have it on me, but it was it's it's like twelve or thirteen days worth of content nonstop. Ooh, so I could just <laughs> get in there. <laughs> uh, so theoretically, if you if you hopped up on uh, anti sleep yeah. medication, drink as much coffee as I can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, all, all I really want to prescribe to you today is I think you should probably watch the original movie, first movie, even yeah. though it's kind of average, uh, just because it really sets the scene. And you should know a fair bit gets retconned if from the original movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, for instance, they establish in the original movie that there's this alien race that, like, parasitically hops into humans to mm-hmm. take control of their bodies, mm-hmm. and you get a shot of them in the movie like, to see what they look like, and then you'll notice very quickly that they were completely, completely different, different. in yeah, the show. Yeah. Um, so then I've got here as well the DVD. They redid the pilot episode. Wow. So uh, it's called Children of the Gods. and so they How really... long is the pilot episode? Why uh, it an hour and a half. So the, the reason they gave it its own DVD is it's actually a remaster they did after the show got cancelled. So they updated all the CGI to match up oh. with the CGI from the later seasons. Oh, that's cool. Um, that's cool and they, they, they recut it, redid everything. So it's sort of... That's the best way to watch. I think so. Because uh, it, it doesn't interfere with the old ones, but it, it should give you a much better sense of what the show was would feel like later on. Uh, and then I've just got seasons one and two here, but I'm also going to give you a list... I originally went to make a list of episodes that you should watch, like a best of from the yeah. first two seasons, but it ended up more becoming a list of episodes you should just skip because I couldn't pick that many that, yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, that I thought were skippable. So I've just sort of, uh, I'll send you a list of basically the ones that it's like, if you're not really feeling it, mm. uh, you should probably just go ahead. We can and publish that list as well in case anyone's following along at home. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, so that, yeah, there's sort of the ones that are standalone and in, they don't sort of fit in with later canon either. Yeah. Um, like the first season kind of stumbles around trying to find what the rules for the canon should be. But I assume there are some really good standalone episodes that you want to watch as well. Yeah, there are. Like I could, I could probably make a list of like six or seven that I would say are must watches. But yeah. then you'd be missing. Generally, the best ones are these ones that are really integral to the sort of overarching universal plot that's going on. Um, which is essentially this war with yeah. the parasitic aliens. Okay, cool. So I'll come back in two weeks, a lot of coffee down my throat, and <laughs> we'll see how much I've gone through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, and we are back. How long has it been? Just over two weeks. Okay. So let's start off with how much Stargate did I get through? Yes. So I got through the movie. Good. That's a good start. <laughs> good start. Um, and then I guess we're going to have to get into this later. I finished season one mm-hmm. and season one ends halfway 
through an episode, essentially. Yeah, so it's a, it, Stargate does a lot of this. Uh, they always have a two-parter, and it's the last episode of one season, the first episode of the next well, season. Well, you say two-parter, but it was actually a three-parter, because mm. the first part of this three parts was just a clip show <laughs> to recap <laughs> before the big finale. That's then, why I said it was a two-parter. And then <laughs> part two is the last episode of season one, and then part three is the first episode of season two. So yeah. it kind of tricked me into starting season two a bit. Um, and they, they do that a lot in the middle of the seasons as well. I don't know if they did that in season one, but often it'll be like, because, you know, back when it was airing, you get that break over Christmas. Yeah. And so they do the same thing. It was like uh, episode 10 or 11 would be the first part. And so they loved like the cliffhangers they, were in the middle of big like two parts. Um, uh, it was pretty rough. Yeah, so I, I started season two. I think I got up to season two, episode four. Okay. Um, but you didn't, you didn't skip episodes. So originally I had that list yes. of episodes I thought was skippable, but you wanted the pure experience. Yeah. I, I, well, I started watching some of the bad episodes and then I was like, I should be watching these because otherwise I'm not going to, otherwise I'm going to get an yeah, officially inflated view of Stargate. That's fair. Um, and we pride ourselves here at Media MD <laughs> on just and fair criticism. <laughs> I mean, I would argue that the, the episodes that you were told to skip were the ones that don't reflect what the show later becomes, but... Ah, uh, um, see, that's an interesting point that you should have told me before I watched the shitty episode, yeah, so I could justify um, skipping them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, because I, I, I think I said this quite a bit uh, two weeks ago, um, you know, the show got off to a bumpy ride at, at the start, and it, it, it took a while to settle into what its mythos and feel yeah, was. it did. It really did. Um, and we'll get into... Some of my problems with the show later, but, but first, let's quickly cover the movie. Okay, yeah. There isn't really much to talk about here, really. No, I mean, it's, it's an alright movie. I, I said it was average, and I stand yeah. by that. The, the, the plot is basically that um, this US military branch has found this mysterious piece of thing that doesn't match the architecture in Egypt that it was found in, and so they bring in this linguist. He's a linguist to decipher the symbols on it. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's like it, an anthropo-linguist. It, it's really a statement on how desperate they've become that they're getting this like crackpot guy who thinks the pyramids were landing yeah, pads for so aliens. His theory is like, oh, you know, the Egyptians didn't build the pyramids, blah, blah, blah. Basically the kind of stuff that you'd hear in conspiracy theories nowadays and yeah. just laugh off. Um, but they are desperate, so they go to him and he cracks it very quickly. In fact, there's even a line in the movie which is like, you cracked in one week what it took my team two years couldn't do, or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah and he opens it up and it's a portal to this egyptian planet, and they go there and there's aliens, they fight these aliens, blah, blah, blah. Um, it basically, the sci-fi in it isn't really, it's just a device for them to get to this other planet, really. It, it yeah. could just be these military guys go into this like ancient like tribe on Earth, it wouldn't really yeah. make that much of a difference. And then there's these other people that are, like, trying to hunt down the tribe or whatever. But in this, it's aliens in space yep. instead of... I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, so that's a really good point. They like, don't really need the Stargate at all. Yeah, I mean, you don't need the whole movie at all. <laughs> really, <laughs> so. But it did spawn the TV show. And then yes. in the TV show, they come back and they retcon some stuff, like... They they change the actors. Obviously, MacGyver yeah. replaces one of them, and so that's actually um, it's a thing. Oh, I can't remember which way it is. So in the show, mm. he's he's Colonel O'Neill mm. with one L, yeah, and then and in the, the movie, movie it's two L's. it's two yeah. L's, and that's because uh, Rich Dean Anderson, uh, the actor, was like, I don't want to be playing this other guy's character. I want him to be like my own character, and, <laughs> and he was sort of the celebrity um, that they were getting to be in the show, right? He, so he, he so he's sort of MacGyver, yeah. So, so he he got to sort of 
decide things like but that. He's still the um, same character. I, I know. Right? And he's <laughs> referred to as the same character. He just <laughs> doesn't But he changed it. the spelling so it's better now. I mean, I don't know. But that, that's... See, this is the thing as well. They do retcon... Because in the movie, they obviously didn't have a lot of... They flesh out the characters as much as they can. Hmm. But they don't really have that much time to flesh them out. And so, one example is O'Neill in the movie is very... He's a military guy, and he's very kind of no-nonsense. But then the show, he's a bit more humorous, and he has a love of astronomy as well. Yeah, exactly. Which um, is just taken from, like, one scene in the movie where he has a telescope on his roof or something. And I think, I mean, that, that probably comes down to the difference between having a movie and having a show. Because when you have a show, like, you've, you've got to have a character who's got more depth and is more well-rounded. Like, yeah. Whereas in the movie, you can get away with them just being, like no-nonsense, macho military man. Like, that'd get pretty boring after a few episodes of a show. Yes. Well, let me give my rating on the movie. Yeah. I'd give it a 6 out of 10, 6.5 out of 10. I think it's just kind of a mediocre movie. Yeah. It's not bad, it's not good, it's just... See, yeah, I would have given it, like, a 5. So, basically, they bring back the two main characters from the movie. Yes. And they introduce introduce two new characters. One is a female, because they didn't have any female characters in the movie. (laughs) Yep. Um, and so she's like kind of a doctory, uh, she's kind of a cross between military and intelligence. Right? Yeah. But she's like, in terms of how she functions in most episodes, she's like the scientist. Like, yeah. Really. Yeah. So she, she's the one with all the science knowledge. Yeah. I mean, she's like Daniel Jackson is like the super nerdy ancient culture expert. And yeah. then, you know, she's like halfway in between sort of. And yes. then they have one other character who is a reformed alien warrior. Yeah. Um, who is called Teal'c. Yes. And I can't remember exactly where the apostrophes are in it's, his uh, name. between the L and the C. Right so it's the Teal apostrophe C. Yes. Like the colour Teal. Okay. And he's basically, he's very deadpan. He's like the character that they all play off because he doesn't know anything about Earth culture. And so mm-hmm. he'll be like, they'll say like, oh, this is an expression in Earth. And he'll be like, crossing bridge. Mm, expression. And yeah. then he'll just say, it's, it's <laughs> uh, very much But then on the other hand, when they go, oftentimes when they go out to a, to an alien culture, he'll have already encountered them and get to explain. Yes. So he kind of knows about other races in the galaxy yeah. because he, as part of the, when he was a villain, yeah, he was character, traveling he, around. He traveled around and like fought these cultures. Yeah, basically. So he, he's a really good plot device. And um, yeah, I mean, throughout the show that never sort of really changes. Like yeah. he's, he's probably the one he never really adjusts. He's one of the characters who I think changes the least throughout the 10 seasons of the show. So we've talked about the general structure of the show. Yeah. Let me talk about my problems with it. Sure. Well, get problems because overall I did enjoy it. Even though season one is very rocky, yeah. there are a lot of it. E- there are a lot of episodes which I would say are pretty bad or pretty boring. But there are also episodes that you can really feel that this is going to develop into a show. So I'll probably keep watching. Okay. Um, cool. But let's talk about the problems. One, every every planet speaks English. <laughs> it's very frustrating. <laughs> um, <laughs> they they do things where it's like because um, they use like colloquialisms as well. Yeah. That's the one that really gets me. It's like oh, there's, they'll use uh, they'll use modern scientific terms, and it's like there's no way you people were seated five thousand years ago with the word atom. Yeah, I want to talk about one specific episode, the Knox, the episode the Knox, where they yeah. find this other culture that seems very primitive, but is actually very advanced and has just rejected like modern trappings. They're kind of like Amish races, yeah, sort of. Even though bit. there is a segment of them which also is very technological, revealed at the end. But um, what happens is at the start, this Knox culture doesn't speak English, but because they're so advanced and so smart, they are easily able to figure out English just from a few sentences that one of the main characters say. Uh, isn't it also implied that they're psychically... They are psychic as well, yeah. yes. Um, they have a couple of magic powers. Um, and then for the remainder, they all speak English with a very obvious American accent. <laughs> Especially there's a kid, Knox, who speak, who just speaks English with like a complete American accent. Um, and he doesn't even try and be like, 
I am speaking English. It's just I like, think I think the best example is actually one that comes in uh, one of so so by about season seven, one of the new big bad like powerful ghouls in the galaxy is um Baal. Mm-hmm. And he's played by this Kiwi act- actor. Sorry, no, South African. Mm-hmm. So he has this really strong South African accent. <laughs> and it's like never addressed by anyone. Why he there's this just, there's just this one Gould walking around with like a really heavy South African accent. And it's kind of cool. It's like one of the coolest things about his character because it's just such like a charming accent. Yeah. But like it, it's... It, it did it's frustrate just, me that everyone speaks... Or they try and be like, we have our own random phrases yep. which we just inject. Like there's one character who will just say like, Shamwayala! Yeah. For all kinds <laughs> of random... As it's his very, expression. It's very late 90s sci-fi, yeah. though. Like all it, sort it's of stuff. kind of... Every time they go to a new planet, I'd be like, so are these guys going to speak English? And then they'll say a couple of words in a different language, and you'll be like, oh... Uh. And then they speak English. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, so, yeah, that, that kind of got a bit also, frustrating. All the all the different words for Stargate. Like oh, yeah. they Chapa I. Chapa I. think they introduced the a bunch of others. Um, just a more actual gripe with the show, because hmm. I can forgive the English thing. Yeah. Um, the characters seem to change whether they're good or bad at their jobs on a whim. So <laughs> there are a lot of cool things where it's like they have like anti-contamination procedures when people come back through the gate and forced medical screens that they kind of show off. And they have they are smart in a lot of ways and then in some ways they're also very stupid. Like people just eat random things they find oh, on yeah. planets <laughs> and they'll just like bring back viruses. About half the episodes are someone has brought back a virus or been replaced and we just um, <laughs> have to deal with that. Yeah. There's also a lot of like, like we have the rules and these protocols and then mm. it's like, yeah, but if we don't let them back through the gate now mm. against protocol, they're going to die. And he's like, Oh, I just have a feeling I'm going to do it. And then like, and then it normally it works out. It course, normally works but out, but it's like, no, that just means you're shit at your yeah, job. You're like, bad at your <laughs> job. And there's you a lot of these where it's just like, in some situations, some will try and take command, like an alien who has come back through will try and like take over this, Thing and there'll be all these systems in place to stop them. Hmm. And so there's one episode where there's like a one of these Gould or something who can like make men do her bidding. Oh, uh, and so Hathor. Hathor, exactly. That's yeah. the name of the episode. I thought that, that one got that one actually gets retconned a fair bit. Yeah, because <laughs> she she's <coughs> she's taking over the base and she has basically control of all the men on the base and it's still hard for her to take over the base, right? Yeah they still kind of stop her. And then there's other episodes where there's like a single character who doesn't even have any magical powers and they're just able to kind of take over the base and escape without any of these. Yeah. It's just like changes whether people can... Their protocols kind of adjust based on the plot and it's kind of frustrating in some situations. Yeah. Um, I think that that's probably an aspect that doesn't change too much yeah. in the show. Uh, throughout all that of frustrated it. me a bit. But uh, yeah. And one more thing I want to talk about is... Just the kind of general concepts of the episodes. I don't yep. know if it's just a season one thing, but they do a lot of... I was expecting it more to be like Twilight Zone-ish, where they have these concepts and play them out, but it's more like we have a bit of sci-fi and then it just gives way to very human drama mm. as opposed to sci-fi. And there are a couple of episodes which disprove, which go against that. There's one where the entire crew gets replaced by robots of themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which was the first episode which I really thought, like tackled a a complicated sci-fi issue in an interesting way. And I really liked that episode because of it. But then there are ones where it's like, there's an episode where O'Neill goes to a different planet and touches a crystal and he gets replaced by a crystal version of him. Yeah. And And characters getting replaced or brain invaded happens all the time. But (laughs) then that just becomes a backstory episode about O'Neill and not really about the sci-fi concept in a weird way. I think, I think that's actually something that 
that happens a lot in the series. Like, that's not going to change too much, especially because a lot of the civilizations they're meeting, like... Are uh, humans. Are uh, humans yeah. and, like, technologically um, held back ones. Mm. So, yeah, like, you'll get those episodes where it's advanced enemies, and that'll tackle a bit more, like, sci-fi, but a lot of it, it comes down to, yeah, that Daniel Jackson, like, it's it's more about an exploration of humanity and mm. um, people as opposed to, yeah, the sci-fi. Um, so I think, I think that's something that's actually sort of fairly standard and that's what the show's about and a lot of the show also addresses religion's place in society like that's a big theme of sg1 in particular yes because the gould these conquering aliens have placed themselves as gods they're very egotistical and they want people to revere them as gods and then and and as the show develops you eventually they find benevolent races who have also decided that they're gods because it's just the easiest way to manage people to manage people um and, Fair and, enough. And then, um, and then the Gould actually get defeated because they they thought the show was going to get cancelled at one point. So they actually oh, so they beat the Gould. They wrapped up the whole Gould thing and then it got renewed again. <laughs> so they introduced bad guys from a different galaxy. Sorry, we're who saying Gould. Be... The correct pronunciation is Goa Ould. There are yeah. two apostrophes in there. I think. Um, they they sort of give up on that. Uh, it, eventually, oh, it just gets too hard the, to the say. The humans just say Gould. I think Tilk is probably the only one who, by the end of the series, is still saying Goa Ould. Because Tilk, we should explain a bit more is one of these members of a, like, slave race for the Goa Uld. Yes, so they're, um, like, augmented humans that live yeah. longer and uh, better fighters, and, yeah, and so he's one of them. Yes, and he defects to try and free his people yeah. from Gould but being, slave ownership. Being a member of, like, a warrior slave race, he's sort of... He, doesn't have a huge sense of humour or any of that, and he's culturally unaware of his... Of but he is very strong. Well. Very strong. Supposedly. Well, he, he uses that strength a couple of times. Most of the times he just shoots things with his alien stuff. Yeah. I, that, honestly, I think that that's normally the biggest gripe I get when I try mm. to introduce people to this show. Is like you've got these super advanced Gould, mm. and like the best thing they can equip their men with is that yeah, like the wonky Gould stuff. Are pretty weapon. weak for a super advanced <laughs> conquering. There, the end of season one has the Gould get to Earth and tr- take over or try and take over Earth. Yeah, and it kind of there's a weird thing where one of the characters, Daniel Jackson, goes into a mirror universe where the Gould are already doing this, and yeah. so that's how he kind of learns their plan hmm. um, when he gets back to his Earth. But it's a weird disconnect between all the Goulds we see are like... All the, all the times they come up against the Gould, they'll use their stuff and they'll shoot a couple of times, and it's kind of easy to avoid or yeah. shoot them. And then at the end, they've got all these massive warships and all this crazy technology. And I would be angry at it if the show didn't know as well that that's yeah. what happens, because... <laughs> One of the other subplots in the season finale is their their base is being like evaluated for how much over budget they're going. Yeah, and so this this senator comes in and he's saying stuff like, "You're saying the Gould are this massive threat and they're attacking, but every time you fought them, you've escaped so easily and there've been no casualties." And it's like, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> the show Why are they so weak. The show does a really good job. This is one of the first shows that that I really watched that did that thing where on their hundredth episode. They had like a celebratory episode, so like Supernatural does it as well. Supernatural did it, yeah. Um, and so, what the premise of the hundredth episode is that there, um, there was a guy who sort of they had to wipe his memory. It was like a, a, a previous episode, but mm. he's subconsciously starting to remember things about the Stargate. He ends up becoming a television producer and producing a show called Wormhole Extreme, <laughs> which is about people who go like through that. go through the wormhole. And so that's exactly what Supernatural does. Yeah, well. Exactly. And so the the whole premise of the episode is SG One get tasked to basically go in and check on 
what's on the show and just to make sure because they do they get hired as actors no so they they're they're hired as like uh, air force consultants Mm because sg1 actually had air force consultants like hired full-time so they were members of the air force whose job was whose job was to make sure that the air force was portrayed accurately in the show oh weird uh so they basically took that idea and put it in in in, in the show um and it's it's just a really funny like self referential yeah um, and I like that and, and they have they have that one thing where the the guy who's playing Colonel O'Neill in in Wormhole Extreme is sort of like I don't, I don't get it why why don't the aliens wear camo like they they wear in all this shiny armor they're so easy to see and yeah. Colonel they O'Neill, wear like huge snake heads yeah as well. it's like, Colonel O'Neill's just like maybe that's why they keep losing. <laughs> And it's just, uh, so those, those, uh, and they do it again for their 200th episode mm. where, uh, Wormhole Extreme is being cancelled, but it's getting a movie because <laughs> that was, that's what was happening to the show at the time. That yeah. was their last season. And so they were planning their movie. That's uh, good. And those two I, episodes are really funny. I like that. We talked in the pre, in the first part of the episode of this episode, how it's, it kind of toes the line between too serious and too, yeah, too right. and having fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It has fun, but it also knows when to get serious and, I like that it is able to know, it makes for a good show that they know what they're doing wrong and that they can kind of play with it in a fun way, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the other lines they have in Wormhole Extreme is, uh, so they introduce in the last part of season one, I, they mm-hmm. have the zap gun and it's one shot stun, yes. two, one shot two, stun, two shots, two kills, kills three disintegrates. Three disintegrates. And they, they pitch that in Wormhole Extreme and one of the other guys is like, that is the stupidest thing I've <laughs> ever heard. <laughs> one yeah. of the things you, you will notice is... Um, the, the show suffers a lot from like tech creep. It's a bit like uh, you know, yeah. you know, Dragon Ball Z. How like it yeah. was just like it's like oh, my it's power like, level is nine thousand, yeah. or mine's ten. It's like in one episode, it's a big thing that somebody's power level is over a million, and then like twenty episodes later, it's like, unless you're over fifty million, like you're, you're just a fighting. Scrub. Yeah. Um, the Stargate for, comes forwards a bit with that as well. So like by season yeah. ten, like uh, Earth has this powerful fleet of like warships of its own design. Yeah. Um, with like all sorts of crazy new technology that you haven't even been introduced yeah. to yet. And, and we start to become a powerful force in the galaxy. And that was part of the reason why the spinoffs were quite good because they put us in a different galaxy to the and it was, yeah. it's isolated from earth. So it for, sort of forces that tech creep back down. Yeah. And that's a good idea. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're running pretty long already, but before we finish up, let's talk about some of the good episodes and some of the bad episodes. Yes. So I'm going to say, the worst episode is part one of the three-part finale because it's just a clip show that is... I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing. It's basically. a clip show. I think it's, it's very hard to do a good clip show. I think it's... Oh. Impo- I would say it's impossible. And that's why I'm glad that clip shows have stayed in the 90s TV shows where they belong. Um, and yeah. kind of in anime, I guess. It's the other place where they happen. But... Um, well, yeah. I mean, so one of the things I haven't really talked about is Stargate actually has like a season formula. And so you might notice oh, this no, if you the clip watching. show is part of the formula. Yeah, yeah, but it's like it's episode right. episode eighteen to nineteen of almost every season up to about seven or eight is oh, is Jesus a clip show. Um, that's terrible. And uh, and like I said, there's that thing where there's always a cliffhanger between the mid season yeah. two parter and the finale. And then so the frustrating things are not just from the first season; they carry on. Not all of them. Yeah, the clip show one sticks around um, for budgetary reasons, I assume. Um, now, speaking of clip shows, super, uh, not supernatural. Fuck. Um, Community did a clip show, right? Yeah, they did a good clip show because their clip show was clips the, that weren't the new, from the actual show. Yeah, That's so, right. so I don't know if I really count that as a proper clip show. I feel like it was a subversion of a clip show. It was. It, you can't do a proper clip show well, can you? It's no, just, it's, it, not it's a way to catch people up who haven't followed the season two. Maybe mostly. it's because we watch TV shows in order and we don't just like 
watch random episodes, which yeah, might have happened with Stargate. If you think twice, you, like when this was airing in the nineties, like the only way to watch it was on, was on TV, <laughs> yeah. and you're watching it once a week, it was probably more beneficial. If you're marathoning it on DVD, I don't know. even though even then, I feel like anyway. Putting the clip show aside, some of the other bad episodes. Uh, there's one which is always brought up as possibly the worst episode, which is called Emancipation. Yeah, which is just like it's kind of like. It, it's like feminism the episode, but not done in a good way. No, it's just I, done in a boring way where it's like, it, all men are evil, all women are cool. And it's... And I, I like my biggest issue with that episode is really it's the first episode after the pilot. Because mm. even the episode before yeah, the first it, proper it, episode. it is an extension. Yeah. So this is really your first taste of what individual episodes are going to be like. And, and I think it's, it's the worst bad. one they ever yeah. did. Um, yeah, I, they know. really, they really sort of, they, they take that message, um, which is, and just shove it down. The premise throat. is that they, they've got this culture where men do everything and women have to, they're basically they, concubines and like housewives. Yeah, yeah exactly. And like, and then men, it's and about, they're traded, they're traded like money. Exactly. Yeah. And it's about this female character, the female recurring character, Samantha Carter, yeah. proving herself as a woman. And it's just... It's so it's so beaten into your head, it, and, and it so comes across as as really forced. So the problem yeah. is, is the message doesn't actually come through, yeah. like because because it's so poorly executed. It's so basically, poorly done. <laughs> anyway, putting that disaster aside, what are some of the other bad episodes? I so gave I think, each episode an individual rating. So I think there's one not long after that one, the uh, the brief candle one. Yes, so that's the one that where one got a six out of ten. Colonel O'Neill kisses a girl on a plane. He sleeps with her. Oh, okay. He sleeps with her. Oh, that's it's a, that's very right. heavily implied that he's... It, it was on Showtime back then, that's right. And this is another... <laughs> this is HBO. It was another... This is another example of them not having any good procedures, or not following their procedures for not contaminating other worlds. You should not sleep with a random alien they, race. You don't know what STIs... <laughs> yeah, you don't know what they could have. And this is already established as a place where everyone's already acting a bit weird anyway, <laughs> and he still is just like, no, whatever, it'll be fine. She's hot. I'm a dude, she's hot, she's into it. Um... This is another thing that happens a lot in Stargate. Characters seem to get unintentionally married to each other all the time. Yes. <laughs> and this happens in this episode. And then he wakes up after sleeping with this girl and she's like, now you're my husband. And he's yep. like, what? What? <laughs> Say what? And then the, the camera circles in onto his face and he's just like shrugging. Um, yeah, so that's a bad episode. Oh, God. There are a couple of ones. I've given each of the episodes a rating. I'm going to say some of the good episodes quickly. Sure. One of the episodes I really liked was the one I mentioned before where they're replaced with robots. Yeah. Um, there was an episode that it was called the core eye, which is, uh, that's where Tilt goes on trial, Tilt, right? Because he's an ex-villain, crimes. he goes on trial and this is a good episode because it really hammers home the fact that Tilk was a, a really bad guy. And he, he accepts that and it's a very interesting episode. Um, there was one called, uh, what else? There was one called Solitudes where they're trapped on the ice planet yeah, and it turns one- out it's... That one's really good. Uh, I, I watched the uh, the making of on that one, and it was really because one of their writers was basically known for being able to write th- episodes where basically the whole episode takes place in one room with two people, and it was yeah. still interesting. That was a really and that's exactly good what it was. It yeah. was a bottle episode that was really so. Well basically, um, Carter and O'Neill get trapped on an ice planet with a Stargate that they can't activate, and they keep trying to activate the Stargate, and it doesn't work. And it turns out the reason it doesn't work is because. They're trying to dial in between Stargates on Earth, and for that reason, yeah. you can't. So that was like, you can't call your own phone from your own house. You get yes. a busy t- <laughs> signal, um, and basically, what ends up happening is they were in Antarctica and they get rescued. But yeah. it's a very good episode, and there's a very good moment where O'Neill is dying, and he thinks he mistakes Carter because they have a budding romance. He mistakes Carter for his ex-wife, 
and calls her by her ex his ex-wife's name and she plays into it and it's a really like <laughs> weirdly sentimental and also creepy moment which yeah. I thought landed really well um yeah the finale is great and then there is the episode where Daniel Jackson goes to the alternate earth that is being attacked by the Gould yeah. and everyone is basically at the end of it everyone dies and sacrifices themselves so that he can get back through the Stargate and potentially save the other earth yeah which is a pretty brutal yeah thing yeah happen. um I mean, I, I'm i not a huge fan of that episode, but it's more because I, I have a personal distaste of the Parallel Universes episode. Parallel episodes. Universe trope, yeah. Uh, but you, it's, it's my least favourite like sci-fi thing because what annoys me is if there's these infinite realities where every outcome has happened, yeah. that sort of makes all of the events quite trivial. Well, because in every episode... It still matters to the people who are living those Yeah, events. but it's quite arbitrary which people we're following, right? Because every <laughs> right, decision, yeah. every outcome... So, like, it's more just a matter of, like, the writers have just arbitrarily decided which Earth we'll we're sticking with. We'll follow the people who survive. It's kind of like there's a, a... I think it's Robert Kirkman from The Walking Dead. He's yeah. talked about how Rick and his group seem to fluke their way through survival in The Walking Dead show a lot. And he says that this is because there are a lot of stories where people die in the zombie apocalypse, but we're following the group of people who yeah. survive. Well, I, yeah, I mean, that was a, that's that old thing. It's like, it, it's so crazy that the main character in your TV show survived this song. It's like, well, maybe that's why they're the main character. Yeah, exactly. But if we followed it, another character, it, it the other way TV around. Show. Exactly. I will bring up one final criticism of the show, which I forgot to bring up before, is that a lot of the times, because the show is sometimes serious and sometimes light, they will do things where they they threaten the death of the characters a lot and they threaten all these things that you know because it's this kind of show. Yep. Nothing that bad is ever going to happen. Yeah. There's one episode in particular where they bring back a little girl who has been placed there oh. by the gold as like a bomb. Yeah, um, she's got she's got Nakwada and her blood or yeah, something. she's got this alien element that will blow up yep. and destroy their base. And what they end up doing is they can't take her through the Stargate because that'll explode her. So they take her into a nuclear silo and basically leave her and wait for her to explode. But then she doesn't explode and she goes and lives with it and it's a very happy resolution yeah. to what is set up as a very brutal episode. Yeah. And the episode is very good and very brutal and it would have been like a 9 or a 10 out of 10, but then they... They cop they, out. They cop out the ending and it just ruins the entire feel of it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's probably because you're coming at this from a, a t- like 20-teens yeah. viewpoint. Um, back, back then, that just wasn't a thing you did in TV to get that dark. I, I guess, but then it kind of ruins the tone of the show because there are other episodes. There's one where the whole team thinks Daniel Jackson's dead, and you don't see him until three quarters through the episode. Yeah, but the whole way through, you're just like, obviously he's not dead. Just show us what's going on so we can figure out. Like, uh, that's actually like a, a sort of a meme. Uh, sorry, a meme in the in the fandom of uh, Stargate because you'll find that there's an average of two to three episodes a season where the whole team thinks Daniel's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the most. It's yeah. one of the most. He's left behind a lot. He's yeah. it's all. But it's dead a it's lot. almost always Daniel who's the one, where it's like, oh, he's probably dead. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. It just takes away the teeth of the show. Yeah. You know, the show has no teeth, so there never really is any stakes. I think. I think that's fair, but um, and it would it wouldn't be that big of a problem if they didn't pretend if they didn't always pretend that there were stakes to the show and they just aren't. No, I, I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I sometimes feel that way. And I feel that way when I watch other shows as well. It's like they're, they're creating all this drama, but it's like, yeah. well, I, I know that that he's going to be fine. So yeah. can, we, can we get to it? Um, but yeah, I do have a lot of gripes with the show, but we have been talking for 35 minutes and <laughs> that would only happen with a show that has gotten me passionate enough to talk about. Um, yeah. So it is a show that I did like. If I had to give season one a rating on its own, it wouldn't be that high. It would probably be 
maybe six and a half or seven. Mm. But you can or sort of six, six, six-ish, see the yeah. potential. But there is definitely potential for this to become, and I'm going to keep watching. There's definitely potential for it to be a good show for sure. So I, I would agree with this recommendation. All right, so thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Media MD with Ruben and Elliot. That's our subtitle now. It's canon. <laughs> um, so we have a podcast, which is Media MD. What is it? Media MD Podcast no, at gmail.com. We have a podcast. That's oh, what fuck. you're listening to. Yep. But we, also have a, we also have, we have an email. A, we have an email. That's Media MD Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, so if you want to get in contact with us, tell us things that we should be watching or tell us about things we got wrong when we were talking about different whatevers, email us there. Um, Next fortnight, we'll be taking a look at the DC animated show Young Justice. So tune in to check that out.